This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Hey, Life Church, uh, coming to you from home and to our, all our family, our church family in Coralville and Cedar Rapids and in Wilton. I just hope that you had a great, great Christmas, that you get to spend time with friends and family, and that uh, you were able to open all the presents you wanted. And, you know, this is the end of the year. This is the last Sunday in the year, and so we're moving into a new year, 2021. I know you're looking forward to 2021. I'm looking forward to 2021. So I just want to wish you in advance a happy new year. You know, it's around this time of the year that I get to thinking about um, just my past. You know, it's a, it's a great time for me to reminisce on where we've been and where we're going and one of the things that constantly comes to my memory around this time of the year is my professor, Dr. Charles Greenaway, in Bible College. Um, Dr. Greenaway had been a missionary for like 35 years in the country, in Africa and in Europe, but spent about 35 years in Africa in what was uh, the French Sudan, which became Upper Volta and then eventually became Burkina Faso. He would teach most of our missions classes, and I remember sitting in those classes, we would be spellbound as he would tell these amazing stories of adventure and intrigue, it seemed like, all kinds of really cool things. He would, in one moment, would have us laughing our heads off as he was telling about his language blunders or his cultural blunders, to the next moment, just crying our eyes out as, we, as he's telling stories of heartache and hardship, one of which his own son passed away in Africa because of a disease. And while we're sitting there with wide-eyed, he'd look at us future missionaries and he'd ask us this question, what big things are you working on? Now, to be honest with you, when I think about that question back then, it would make me mad because in comparison to Charles Greenaway, there was nothing really big that I was working on. I mean, I was just hoping that I could pay my tuition (laughs) and hoping praying that Christy would notice me, you know, in chapel or something. Those were my big asks. But he, he was so concerned for us to live this adventure. He just knew that God had something in store for us. See, he understood something about human nature. He understood that it's easy for us humans to be consumed with the minutia of life. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Uh, you know, how am I going to pay my tuition? Uh, what class am I going to take next semester? What, uh, you know, what car should I drive? What uh, house should I buy? We get so consumed in that that we miss out in living, in living this great adventure that God has for us. So he would always tell us, listen, ask God big, and God will take you places that you would have never, ever even dreamed of if you'll just believe that God wants you to live on that adventure. And so... God has an adventure for us. Now today, as we kind of move beyond this year of 2020, this has been a tumultuous year. Uh, There's been a lot of insecurity, a lot of health insecurity, a lot of financial insecurity. And we start looking towards 2021. I imagine if I were to ask you this question, what big thing are you praying about? Are you asking for? You might feel a little bit upset with that question as well. In fact, for you, you might just be thinking, man, I just want this to be a normal year. I just, what I want for 2021 is that it's not 2020. That's what I want, right? Um, you might be thinking, I just want normal, normal. You know, there's nothing really wrong with normal. 
But if you get to the end of your life and all you can say is it was just normal, there may be this nagging feeling that you missed out on a great adventure with God. Jesus kind of addresses this in Matthew chapter 6. Listen to what he says. He's, a little, he's being a little sarcastic here. He says, so do not worry. Very uh, popular passage that you're familiar with. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? I mean, I'm not sure if Jesus used that kind of intonation, but he is being a little sarcastic in this passage. He says, for the pagans. Now, when he says pagans here, he's talking about those who do not have a relationship with God. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father, he makes a distinction between us and the pagans. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. So he's aware of the things that you need. Then he gives us some contrast here. But instead of going chasing after all these, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we drink? Instead of that, this is what he says. Seek first his kingdom or be consumed first with his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So let me ask you again. What are you praying for that is big in your life? I think, I think most of us in our prayers, we can be consumed with the, with the small things. You know, the, most of our prayers are primarily egocentric. It's all about me and mine. You know, my, my children, my wife, my husband, my, my, my grandchildren, my grandparents, my, grand, my, 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 my parents. We can just get so consumed with, with us only, egocentric in our prayers. And there's really nothing wrong in praying for that. But he says, don't worry about all those things. I know I'm your heavenly father. I love you. And I know you have need of those things. Instead, I want you to focus in on the bigger picture of my kingdom and my righteousness. That's really what Jesus is trying to tell us in this passage. So what are you praying for that is big? Now, what I want to do is I want to give you the punchline of my message uh, now before, before you tune out because you're at home sitting in your pajamas, you may fall back asleep. <laughs> or maybe the kids are saying, we're hungry, we're hungry, and you're going to go and start cooking breakfast. Here's the idea I want, to, I want to say today. I want you to decide this year to latch onto something that's so big, that's so big that you, that you, you cannot do it in your own self. Latch onto something that's so big and be relentless be relentless in your prayers to see it through. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Go after something that's so big and then with, with relentlessness, pray, pray towards it and ask God to make it happen in your life. That's really the point of this message today. Is there anything like that in your life? Let me tell you, God is not bothered by that. God is not bothered by you going after something that's so big like that. In fact, I think he's honored by it. We say it around Life Church all the time. Let's go after something so big that it's destined to fail unless God intervenes. That honors God that we have that kind of faith. You see, the size of your prayers, how you pray, the size of your prayers tells us how big your God actually is. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 11. It's where Jesus is with his disciples and his disciples ask Jesus, Hey, Jesus, or Lord, teach us how to pray. It's a familiar passage. Jesus could have said anything now. When the, If his disciples come and say, hey, teach us how to pray, he could say anything, right? He could 
I mean, this is his opportunity, Jesus. Tell us how to pray. This is what we need to do. And so he, he's going to do that. But what happens, he chooses to focus on something that's so bizarre. It's, it just seems weird what he talks about in relationship to prayer that you have to realize this must be his words because if it wasn't his words, it would have never made it into the Bible. It's just so crazy. It kind of even makes God look bad. We'll get to that in a second. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, this is what he says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John, talk about John the Baptist, just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So his disciples are asking Jesus to teach. We've been watching you, Jesus. We don't think we're doing it right. Will you teach us how to pray? So then Jesus responds, says, okay, pray like this. In verse 2, this is Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, which you find in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. <clears throat> for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Basically, Jesus is telling them, them, telling them, listen, prayer consists of telling God that he's great, telling God that you are completely dependent upon him, to ask and receive forgiveness in the same measure that you actually give forgiveness. That's basically what he's saying. And so these disciples are writing down notes. Okay, they ask Jesus, how do, how do we pray? This is what Jesus tells them. How do they pray? They write down the notes. But then Jesus kind of follows it up and he says, listen, but this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. He's trying to make this point that prayer is not this formula. It's not these, these magic words that you say and suddenly God does the things that you want him to do. That's not it. There's, a, there's something about this. And he launches into this discussion that it's honestly, it's just mind boggling. It's just, it's, it, it is kind of weird. And you'll see it here in verse five of Luke chapter 11. He says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. Now, Jesus starts it off by saying, suppose you have a friend. This is classic Jesus. These are his parables, his made-up stories, right? So he says, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And so the disciples immediately know that Jesus is telling one of these made-up stories. And so they immediately, they know that we need to pay close attention because there's a point to be made here in this story. And the story is of a, of a friend who in the middle of the night goes to another friend's house asking for bread, right? Because he has this unexpected guest. Now it's in the middle of the night, and so these disciples already, the audience listening to Jesus already know this is an impossible situation because they understand, culturally speaking, they understand how people sleep in those places. They understand that they live in these homes that are just one or two rooms, the size of my living room. Not two, one or two bedrooms, one or two rooms. And in that, in your, in that arrangement, there would be a grandma and a grandpa and a dad and a mom and kids and, and daughter-in-laws and maybe even some, some animals. And they would all be in this house. And so at midnight, they would be in bed. And here's the deal. There's no such thing as... Some kids say, hey, dad, can I stay up and watch TV at night? That didn't happen because when it was bedtime, everybody went to bed. The entire house became a bed. They would sleep on the floor. They slept in hammock-like devices. Some had beds. But the whole house got covered because it was for the whole family. So this friend shows up, and he asks for bread. 
while everybody's in bed. And his friend's like, no, I can't. We are all in bed. We're all asleep. There's no way for me to get to the door. The door is locked. In fact, this is what he says in verse 7. Don't bother me. That's what his friend says. Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, Jesus tells a story. He says, this is his friend. And his friend is saying, don't bother me. The door is locked. Don't bother me. <laughs> now, you may have heard me say this before, but and you, you're probably very aware of Jesus' teaching methods, but when Jesus tells a parable, what the, the idea is somebody in the story is us and somebody in the story is God. That's generally how these parables go. And so these disciples are trying to figure out who's who in this story. And now the whole point is prayer, right? So it starts off by saying, they're asking Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus says, pray like this. And then he got, launches into this parable, right? So the whole point is prayer. So obviously, the friend who is asking for bread represents us, the disciples. And the friend who is already in bed with his family must represent God, who is being bothered by his friend. Which... That's kind of strange depiction for God, isn't it? Like, don't bother me? Does God say that? Don't bother me? That doesn't sound like a God I want to pray to. But listen, if you're honest with yourself, I think some of you feel like that's how God is with you. That God is his taskmaster up in heaven just waiting to beat you down. That if you have to ask him of anything, you you need to prove yourself a million times over before he'll ever do anything for you. I mean, where's Jesus going with this? Look what it says in verse 8. I tell you, even though, talk about this, this story that we're in, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, just, be, just because they're friends, he's not going to do it, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus says, this guy is not going to get up on the merit of being a friend. He was not going to do that, but he will because of the shameless audacity. The NIV puts, says it's shameless audacity. All the other translations talk about persistence. It's an interesting little Greek word. It means shameless, boldness, persistence. That's what this word means. And because of that, this man's going to give him the bread that he's asking for. The way Jesus tells this story, it's almost like there was this shouting match going on between the, the two friends. Like the friend shows up, and he's like, hey, knocking on the door, will you give me some bread? We can't. I can't do it. It's, it's, it's midnight. We're in bed already. He says, look, I see you. I can see you through the cracks. I, I know you're there. Don't ignore me. I need bread. I need bread. I need bread. This man was persistent. It's like they're yelling at each other through the door. There was this inappropriateness about how he's asking. Finally, it drives the guy to wake up his entire family, get up, grab the bread, and give it to the only reason he's going to get the bread is because he was persistent. He was shameless. He was bold in asking. So in this parable, Jesus presents God in relation to prayer as one who is bothered by a friend's inopportune request. In fact, in Luke 18, there's another story about prayer where God is pictured as this unjust judge who is not really caring for the cares of this widow. In both cases, here's what we need the point we need to make. In both cases, the point is not that God is bothered. 
The truth is that God is our Heavenly Father. The point that Jesus is trying to make is the persistence of prayer. The shameless, bold asking in prayer. That's the point that Jesus is trying to make. That's the point I'm trying to make. For so many of us, 2020 has been one of the hardest years of our lives. We've experienced constant changing and adjusting, and which has led to tons of insecurity, whether that's at work or at home or in our families. But this is what we know. We serve a God who's unchanging. We serve a God that's constant and that we can look to Him in these times of uncertainty where everything else is shifting and know that He's not changed at all. So that's why I believe we can look to a new year as an opportunity to say, God, I want to experience more of you this year. You see, we're believing for greater things in 2021. And so that's why we're starting this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. You may have never fasted before. You may have no idea what to expect when it comes to fasting. And, but to put it simply, fasting is to go without something, often food or certain drinks or media for a period of time in order to create some space in our lives for God to speak. It's a tangible way for us to say, God, more of you and less of me. So we've prepared some resources for you to make fasting accessible. If you go to our website and you click on the prayer and fasting page, you can see a guide to things like, why are we fasting? What is fasting? What are different types of fasts? And we believe that as you go through this and see it, it's going to help you answer the question, hey, is this 21 days of prayer and fasting for me? Then we're going to be fasting as a church from January 4th to the 24th. During that time, you can sign up to receive daily encouragements from our staff as we'll focus on different themes and passages as we go through this together. And then finally, we're going to conclude our fast on January 24th, and we're going to do that with a night of prayer and worship at our Coralville campus. During that night, we're just going to have an opportunity to, to look at all the amazing things that God has done in our lives during this time and just celebrate that. As we seek Him first, we're believing God is going to move on our behalf like never before. That we're going to see greater things in our families and at work and in every other area of our life. You see, we don't just want 2021 to be better than 2020, but we want it to be the greatest move of God in our lives that we've ever seen. I mean, how could 21 days dedicated to prayer and fasting affect change in your life and lead to breakthrough in 2021. In order to learn more and sign up, you can go to our website where you'll find all the information needed to start planning for 21 days of prayer and fasting. You see, we're believing for greater things this year. We're believing for God to do greater things in our families and in our lives. So that's why we're starting this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. So click the link below and let's get started. Now, this portrayal of God might freak you out. In fact, I'm sure it bothered his disciples. So Jesus goes on ahead and he interprets his parable. He says in verse 9, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He uses these three words, ask, seek, and knock. Now these words are in a very important verb tense. They're in a present continuous Okay, sorry, present perfect tense, meaning that you keep asking, right? Jesus is saying that when there's something big in your life that needs to get accomplished that you cannot do, some huge miracle that you need in your life, that you just need to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And if that doesn't work, well, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And if that doesn't work, then keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, just don't quit. That's really the point of this entire parable, right? Now, this might make you uncomfortable, and it should, because we've been taught something completely different. We, we've been taught 
that we need to be more, you know, we don't want to dishonor God in our prayer. So if we ask God, we just kind of leave it there and that's it, you know, we don't, we don't want to bother God. But if you look at all the examples in Scripture, look at Old Testament and New Testament, you'll find men and women of God who needed something from God. They needed a miracle. They could not do it in their own strength. They could not do it in their own power. They came after God and they persisted and they persisted and they persisted until they got the miracle that they were looking for. And what Jesus is saying actually is that God is honored by that kind of persistence. Listen to what Jesus says as he makes, makes the application here in verse 10. He says, For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now remember the verb tenses are in the present active tense, okay? So that is present perfect tense. That means you just keep asking, keep asking, right? Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. In other words, if you ask on Monday, you may not get it on Tuesday. The idea here is that the implication here is that you're going to ask, and you may ask for months, you may ask for a year. The only part of this prayer that Jesus is talking about, the only part of this prayer that's within our capacity to do is to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. That's what he's calling us to do. Now, do you pray like that? Is that a way that you go after God? What are you asking for that is so big that you must keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking? There's some of you, you know, you've been transformed by the power of God. You look at your life and you say, I'm a a testimony. I'm a witness of God's transformative power inside of a person. But if you think more, you'll realize, but there was a grandma, there was a mom, there was somebody who was praying for you and they decided they were going to go before God and they were not going to quit until you were serving Jesus Christ. They kept asking, they kept seeking, they kept knocking until Jesus finally got a hold of your life and turned your life around. That's many of your stories. That's my story. I'm so thankful that 35 years ago, Charles Greenway looked me in the eyes and he said, hey, what are you going to do with your one and only life? What are you going to do with this one and only life? Are you going to spend it in mediocrity? Or are you going to go after something so big that only God can do for you? What are you going to do with your one and only life? Listen, I will not be content with a mediocre life. In fact, I don't believe that God wants any of us to live mediocre lives. God wants us to live this great adventure. He wants us to live for his kingdom and his righteousness, full out for him, doing stuff for God that only God can do through us. There's this adventure for us to live. His kingdom is at our disposal. So what are you asking for so big that unless God intervenes, it's not going to happen? The title of this message today is the, is the word greater. Greater. And, and God kind of gave me that word earlier, and like a couple months ago, as I was thinking about 2021, especially in contrast to 2020, that there are greater things in store for Life Church for me as an individual, for you as people, as followers of Jesus Christ, God has greater things in store for you. What are the greater things? What are the greater things that you're expecting in 2021? I'm believing in 2021 that this will be an incredible year for Life Church, a year of breakthrough. Last um, September, we launched a campus in Cedar Rapids. In April or, or in March, we're gonna be launching our Wilton campus, our second campus. And let me tell you something. We're doing these things, and if God doesn't intervene, they're, they're destined to fail. 
We need God in this. And we're believing God. We're pressing through. We're, we're still asking. We're still seeking. We're still knocking. So what about you? What about you? Maybe it's an addiction that has a death grip on your life. Maybe you were free from that addiction. You had been set free from addiction, but 2020 rolled around and in the loneliness and in the struggle, somehow or another that crept back in and you found yourself back in this prison of addiction and you're struggling trying to break through it. Will you pray big, persistent prayers for 2021 that God will set you free? Maybe it's a spouse that resists anything that has to do with your faith and you're just... You want her to believe. You want him to believe, but they just, they mock you. They, they make fun of you. Will you pray big, persistent prayers that God will touch their hearts, change their lives in 2021? Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances. Let me just say something about finance. The first step in seeing a breakthrough in your finances is start to walk in obedience in terms of your giving and your generosity. But once, you, once you're walking in obedience, it doesn't matter what. You could just come before God and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek. I'm going to knock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask until you come and God will give you the breakthrough. So what are you asking for that's so big that only God can do it for you in 2021? I know for me, I have some big, hairy, audacious goals. We call them BHAGs. Uh, for 2021, one of them, and this is kind of crazy, I want to say it, but I'm believing God, I'm praying for God to help us raise up 100 new leaders at Life Church in 2021. That's my goal. I want to see God do that, and that's what I'll be praying for, and there's other things I'll be praying for as well. So what are you believing God for? Here's how you can respond to this message. Here's how you can respond to greater things in 2021. We're in, On January 4th, we're going to be launching... Uh, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'd love for you to join us in that. In fact, what you can do, you can uh, go to this link, the link below to our website, and it'll take you to our, our prayer 21 days of prayer and fasting page where you'll be able to download our our prayer prayer and fasting guide. In this guide, there's going to be all kinds of instructions on on fasting, on how on what types of fast. And it'll help you, it'll educate you, and it'll help you to decide what kind of fast you want to fast for these 21 days. Um, encourage you to do that. Click that link, download that link. We'll also have some daily devotionals that'll allow you to, to be encouraged along the way. We'll be talking about the fast along the way. But what I'm asking you to do, the way you can respond to this message of what are the greater things that you want to see God doing in your life is to together as a collective, as a, as a church, that we would go after God through prayer and fasting, starting January 4th through the 25th, is it? I I believe, January 25th. And uh, we'll be doing this uh, prayer and fasting together. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to download the link, uh, to go click the link below and download the guide and also sign up for the daily encouragement. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you, God for what you are doing in our lives. I thank you, Father, that you have greater things in store for us, that we are your children. You've taught us how to pray. You've taught us that we don't have to uh, sneak around and, and hope that you'll do something, but that we can boldly, persistently, shamelessly come before you, God, and ask you to do great things in our lives. So right now, Father, that is our prayer. Father, I'm praying for 100 new leaders 
in 2021. I'm praying that you give me wisdom and guidance and direction on how to make that happen. I'm praying, Father, that the right people, the ones that you're calling into leadership, God, that you will already begin to speak to their lives. I pray, Father, for those who are who are listening right now, God, for whatever it is that they need for 2021. Some of them need a a a a, a, a restored marriage, Father. Some of them, Father, need a breakthrough, a miracle in, in the financial realm. Some of them, Father, need a breakthrough in their own spirit and their mind, Father. They are, their, their identity is being attacked by the enemy and they just don't know who they are. Father, they need a revelation of who they are in Christ Jesus. But right now, more than anything, God, we're needing, Father, for you to pour your spirit out in 2021 in our lives. We receive that, Father, in Jesus' name. 